You open up a manhole, at the bottom of which you open up a woman hole, at the bottom of which you open up a door that is actually a sandwich that you burned in your toaster oven last Wednesday. You take a bite out of that sandwich and it tastes okay. It's only then you realize that it's not food in your mouth, but instead an actual witch made of sand who has now sent you sideways into a half-dimensional plane for taking a bite out of her. The half-dimensional plane is one of those with no assigned seats, so you watch as half the passengers completely misinterpret the rules. You feel a tickling sensation in your left nostril, and before you can grab a tissue, you've sneezed out a small piece of the crepuscular light adjacency. I'm Luke Alexander, and I'll be guiding you through this alien realm. Some of the stories you hear will be long, some of them will be short, and all of them will be outlandishly bizarre, which, in the crepuscular light adjacency, means completely ordinary and unremarkable. Today we'll be reading a story called The Bacon Guru. We received an otherworldly prompt for this story from an entity known as Pierce Alexander. Let us begin. They called him the Bacon Guru. Maybe it was because his long, natty hair always radiated with the sweet aroma of fresh bacon. Maybe it was because the shorts he wore in the summer were always patterned with exceptional bacon iconography. Maybe it was the faded off-white t-shirt he lived in that simply read, Got Bacon? Most likely they called him the Bacon Guru because every day with a sky full of sun, he was out on the sidewalk of the busiest street with a small charcoal grill and smaller food stand with hand-painted letters advertising a menu of just one item. Fresh cooked bacon. It was an ideal location and just in front of a long closed restaurant, so nobody ever got on to him for selling right outside. He also had an old homemade sign hanging at the bottom of his stand, proclaiming it the Bacon Guru's bacon chamber, which probably had something to do with his nickname as well. The bacon guru liked his day's weather like he liked his hair, warm, thick, and sticky. The day he got the potted plant was for this reason a day he quite enjoyed. It was the first day of spring break and college students were swarming the city streets like rabid platypuses in search of worms except these metaphorical platypuses were all in revealing bathing suits. The worms they were in search for were actually alcoholic drinks, and half of them were already sunburnt. The bacon guru had been making a killing off these metaphorical platypuses with his dollar-per-bacon-slice business model. It never wavered for these kids, but he was known to haggle with locals, and even offered his regulars generous discounts 
for the large amounts of bacon they shoveled down their gullets. It was a breath of fresh bacony air when the old lady hobbled over to the bacon guru's bacon chamber. He had never seen her before, but could also tell she was no tourist. She looked decrepit in every way, to the point of almost being a husk, and was so bent and withered and cloaked in dingy hooded robes hiding her face and the shape of her body in such a way that he could scarcely identify her as a person. Excuse me, dearie, I couldn't help but notice the sweet scent of your bacon. The bacon guru opened his mouth to thank her for the compliment, but she continued drawling on. An eerie waft of mothballs tugged on his nostril hairs. I have been traveling for a long time without food. I don't have much to give. I don't even have a dollar. But I'd give anything to taste a sweet, crispy piece of that bacon. The bacon guru stopped to think. The bacon guru was a charitable soul and always willing to pass a piece of bacon to the less fortunate. But something was a little weird about this whole situation, and he wasn't exactly sure why. He'd talked to plenty of homeless people that were pretty weird, and he'd given them bacon without ever feeling his skin turn to goose flesh and his spine stabbing itself with needles, like it was now. And if it wasn't homeless person weird, and it wasn't spring breaker weird, then what kind of weird was it that the bacon guru was so chilled by? Here you are, ma'am, a slice of the finest bacon this side of anywhere I've been. The bacon guru handed the old lady a greasy paper plate with a large, crispy slice of bacon. She lifted it towards her hood and in a blink sucked it up into what the bacon guru assumed was her mouth. All he heard was a loud slurp. No crunching or cracking. That was delicious. Oh, thank you, dearie. How kind. Something was making the bacon guru feel uncomfortably sweaty, and it wasn't the dense humidity or the sweltering springtime sun or even his smoking charcoal grill that was now filled with burning bacon. My bacon! The bacon guru rushed over to his grill and frantically flipped the overly crisped bacon to its unburnt side as the grease sizzled, crackled, and popped. Once the bacon had been salvaged, the bacon guru turned back to see the woman was still standing there. Uh, everything all right? Yes, dearie, I'm just trying to think of how to pay you back. That's not necessary, ma'am. All in a day's baconing. Nonsense, I've got to give you something, and I've got just the something. The lady reached deep inside a long, droopy bag that the bacon guru had not noticed before that moment, and indeed he was unsure if it had even been there before that moment. 
Either way, the lady was digging through it, and soon enough, extracting something. It was a small, potted plant. It was short and soft and green and squishy. It was extremely unsubstantial and bordered on non-existent. The plant, that is. The pot was short and stocky and brown and ceramic and was filled with soil, all signs of a perfectly normal pot for a perfectly normal plant. That being said, the bacon guru could swear that he heard the pot of the plant, specifically the pot and not the plant growing inside, whispering him indiscriminate nothings through telepathy. That is to say, strange voices that faded in and out of each other while also being completely unintelligible were blithering around in the bacon guru's head every time his eyes laid themselves on the potted plant. It almost seemed to reach out and grab his perception, pulling it deeper and deeper into its honestly pitiful greenery, while somehow still emphasizing the autonomy of the pot. If the potted plant was a train, the pot was the entire train, and the conductor, and all of the passengers, while the plant itself was an obese Dawson sitting atop the bus, flatulating. The bacon guru looked up to see that the old lady was gone, and with her the tickling mothballic aroma that had made him slightly delirious and nearly light-headed. He looked down at the plant again, wondering why the old lady had been walking around with it anyway. He looked and sniffed up again, and the old lady was back, the sight of her nearly making him spit out the piece of bacon he'd swallowed whole moments before. Sorry, dearie, I almost forgot to tell you something very important. Don't ever water this potted plant. The bacon guru was absolutely flummoxed. Won't it die if I do that? No, if you water this plant, it will live. The tone of her voice at this moment was best described by the bacon guru to be what one would imagine of Satan's grandmother. It freaked the bacon guru out so much that he actually did partially cough up the piece of bacon he'd swallowed whole moments before sending dots of saliva spilling out of his lips and all over the potted plant. They sizzled, crackled, and popped, not dissimilarly to the bacon on the bacon guru's charcoal grill. After observing this oddity, the bacon guru looked up to the old lady, intending to apologize for accidentally watering the plant, but instead noticing that she was once again gone. The bacon guru relaxed, glad to focus himself on cooking his bacon. He baconed on through the day as usual, that is, until everything became unusual once again. The bacon guru's usuality was breached during a very usual spring break interaction when an inconsequential group of ravenous spring breakers sloshed their way over to his bacon stand. The loudest spring breaker was wearing a hoodie he'd made into a tank top. Thick plastic sunglasses with horizontal slits instead of lenses. And an extremely goofy smile. The second loudest looked exactly the same. 
but in different colors. They were hard to tell apart. Hey, bro. So, like, you're the bacon guru? Said the loudest spring breaker. That's me. Everybody, he's a bacon guru! Said the loudest spring breaker. The group cheered loudly. The bacon guru kind of appreciated the praise of the spring breakers, but was also taken aback by their boisterous nature. Not necessarily because he was unused to it, as much as because they were getting a little close to trampling over his bacon stand. And that just wouldn't do. So, bro, like, can I get some bacon or what? The bacon guru nodded. How much would you like? Like, just load me up. Just, like, pile a huge slab of that sweet, sweet, crispy fried pigskin all up on my plate, bro. With this, the loudest spring breaker handed the bacon guru a huge wad of sweaty bills that came close to $50. A considerably large order, but not the most the bacon guru had ever been tasked with. As the bacon guru flipped slice over slice of bacon, the spring breakers gawked at him and at each other. Out of the corners of his eyes, he could see them filming him with their phones. And though he didn't consciously notice it, he could also see the potted plant slowly inching towards the edge of the bacon stand. Sizzle, pop, crackle went the bacon. Scoot, scoot went the potted plant. Zoom, zoom went their cameras in to him. Zoom, sizzle, pop, zoom, crackle, scoot, scoot, sizzle, zoom, pop, crackle, zoom, scoot, scoot, sizzle, pop, zoom, crackle, zoom. They had obviously zoomed in so much that the image was badly pixelated and sizzle, pop, crackle, zoom, scoot, scoot, but they just wouldn't stop zooming and zooming and filtering and flipping and sizzle, pop, crackle, zoom, scoot, scoot, filters for his face to make him look like a huge living slice of bacon and sizzle, pop, crackle, zoom, scoot, scoot. Watch the bacon guru flip his bacon in slow motion backwards. Also, he's actually a green panda with googly eyes and sizzle, pop, crackle, zoom, scoot, scoot, sizzle, pop, crackle, zoom, thud. Everyone went silent and looked to the hard pavement where the potted plant had fallen and landed from the edge of the bacon stand. Surprisingly, it had landed upright and was completely unharmed. Not even a scratch. Wicked! It landed standing up! That's awesome! The spring breakers all cheered. The potted plant scooted forward. What? Bro, one of you had better gotten that on camera. That plant just moved. The second loudest spring breaker spoke up. Zeke, you've just, like, had some beers, man. Calm down. Look, Zach, bro, I saw that potted plant scoot itself forward. I did. One of the women in the group laughed. Yeah, okay, Zeke, you're hilarious. 
The bacon guru had finished cooking what amounted to a humongous pile of bacon. He handed it to Zeke, who gestured to Zack to whip out his phone. Once it was ready, Zeke talked to the phone as if it was everyone in the world all at once. Hey everybody, it's Zeke, the Spring Break Machine, and today we're going to pound this huge plate of bacon. Are you ready? Zack nodded, more enthusiastic than anyone else, anywhere, all at once. Zeke placed the plate of bacon on the sidewalk. The bacon guru had no idea what to expect, and it made him queasy. Zeke cocked back his right arm and contorted his right hand into a fist and began downwardly punching the bacon pile, causing it to squish and squish into a thinner and thinner stack of increasingly dense, greasy, crispy deliciousness. The bacon guru was disturbed, but he'd been paid in full and his duty to his stack of bacon was done. Scoot. The potted plant had scooted again. Scoot. Zack moved his phone's camera from Zeke's bacony exploits to the potted plant on the move. It was scooting closer and closer to the group. The bacon guru could barely believe his eyes. Bro, bacon guru, your plant is like mad strange. Sorry I doubted you, Zack. Bro, bro, Zeke, it's okay, it's okay, let's hug it out, bro. Zack and Zeke widened their arms, preparing for an emotional, inebriated embrace. But it was too late. Before Zeke and Zack could wrap themselves in a soulful, bro-centric hug, the potted plant did something. The plant grew with the force and vigor only rivaled by the concept of drunkenness itself. Zack trembled, dropping his phone. It would have absolutely shattered his screen if the screen wasn't already basically one huge crack. The plant portion of the potted plant wrapped its green, needly tendrils around Zack, tightening roughly around his body like a boa constrictor and squeezing him harder and harder. Zack, bro! Dude, Zeke, do something! This plant is totally killing the vibe! All the girls are leaving! All the girls, and indeed everyone else in the Spring Breaker group, had left. Well, they hadn't left as much as ran 50 feet away, whipped out their phones, and got to zooming and filtering the catastrophe at hand. Zeke pushed his sunglasses up to his forehead, cracked his neck, and flexed to his greatest capacity. Alright, you weird plant bro. It's time to let my not-weird human bro go. The potted plant responded by quickly growing a vine that formed into a large, green, veiny human arm. The plant flexed its arm at Zeke. Not cool, bro. Not, not cool. Bacon guru, you've got to do something. What? Me? It's your freaking plant, isn't it, bro? The potted plant grew another vine, which grew into a pair of thin, cracked human lips. I belong to no one. I see all and I know all, screeched the potted plant. Zack took the opportunity to speak up. 
Crow, you clearly don't know everything. Have you heard of Chapstick? Like, damn. <laughs> get, get some, bro. No, seriously, though, I'm not joking. Bro, Zack, nice one. You scorched his big green butt. I see all, and I know all you did not scorch. My big green butt. You'll pay for your insolence. You'll all pay. The bacon guru felt adrenaline flow through his body and realized there was one thing he could do. The only thing he knew how to do. He started making bacon. What is that fool doing? Hissed the potted plant, sounding almost afraid. Bro, bacon guru, I like respect you being a guru and all, but like, how is making bacon supposed to help? It's all I know, Zeke. I've got a hunch. You've just gotta trust me. The potted plant screeched loudly as the bacon the bacon guru was cooking also screeched loudly. Zack was growing purple and sickly in the clutches of the potted plant. Zeke, bacon guru, bros, look, I, I think it's too late for me. Get out of here. Save yourselves. Bro, Zack, there's no way I'm leaving you. The bacon guru wasn't particularly attached to Zack as Zeke was, but he was particularly attached to his bacon stand, his charcoal grill, and his bacon. So he stayed relentlessly grilling his bacon. And in a moment, it was done. The bacon guru scooped up a fresh slice of bacon and aimed his spatula at the potted plant. Let Zack go, potted plant. Never. The bacon guru flung the crisp bacon slice through the air, bacon grease bubbling and spraying all over him, Zeke and Zack, as the bacon sailed towards the potted plant and smacked it right in the pot. Zeke stared emptily. That was pretty anticlimactic, bro. Suddenly, something climactic happened. The potted plant gave out an eardrum-scraping, heart-squeezing, bladder-busting, banshee-bashing squeal as it sucked into the soil of the pot like a tape measure, shrinking all of its new growths and taking both itself and Zack deep down under the soil. The plant looked exactly as it did before the ordeal began, extremely unsubstantial and bordering on non-existent. Zack! Bro! Zeke knelt down, looked up at the sky, and waved his arms around in the air violently as tears streamed down his face. Bro! The bacon guru stepped away from his grill, set down his spatula, and rested a greasy hand on Zeke's exposed shoulder. Hey, bro. Don't mind me. Somebody must have poured a bunch of vodka into my eyeballs when I wasn't looking. <laughs> Zeke, I may be a humble bacon guru and you a brazen spring breaker, but together, Zeke, we can do anything. <laughs> can you buy me some beer? We can do absolutely anything. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you, bro, but, like, 
Can you buy me a 40? What I've been trying to say is that we are going to get Zack back from that evil potted plant. Okay, whatever, bro. Like, I'm down. Like, that sounds good. But, like, seriously, it'd be a lot easier to do that with a cold one, bro. Just saying. Fine. The bacon guru and Zeke returned to the bacon stand with a couple of cold ones. Really, it was a couple of 24 packs of cold ones, and they were already close to halfway done by the time they made it back to the bacon stand. Zeke seemed about as drunk as he had the whole time, but the bacon guru wasn't much of a drinker, so he was feeling substantially strange. He stumbled over to his bacon stand and rifled through it. Now, um, uh, one, one second, or... Uh, mm. Let me just get some bacon here. Bro, do you think about anything other than bacon? Mm, not really. The bacon guru who grilled a sloppy batch of bacon while Zeke pounded some beer with his fist before pounding it down his esophagus. While this went on, the duo realized something. The once crowded street had emptied out entirely. There was not a soul in sight, just the two of them and the potted plant. Bro, where is everybody? The bacon guru looked at the potted plant. Maybe they went where Zack went? Well then like, why hasn't the potted plant done that to us, bro? The bacon guru pondered this. He looked at his fresh plate of juicy bacon. I wonder, hmm. The bacon guru walked over to the potted plant, holding his dripping spatula, and flung a few drops of bacon grease on the plant portion of the potted plant. It immediately shuddered and wrinkled, and the sound of a thousand neutered dachshunds farting on top of buses and screaming echoed throughout the land. No sooner did the sound of a thousand neutered dachshunds farting on top of buses and screaming echo throughout the land then a rickety green Volkswagen bus wobble zoomed up on the road and parked itself with a loud judder and a creak. On the side peeling letters read, Potted Plant Exterminator. The driver's side door swung open, nearly falling off its hinge. A shadowy figure stepped its boot onto the sidewalk. The bacon guru sprung to action and flung a piece of bacon at the figure, hitting it in the face. What the hell is that for? Squeaked a chalkboard voice. Bro, he's just trying to help. He's like the bacon guru. Oh, but sorry. The figure cleared its throat and stepped out of the bus, revealing a short, stocky woman in what could best be described as combat gear. Uh, uh, pleased. <clears throat> pleased to meet the two of you. I'm Wynn Diesel. Wendy? No, when Diesel, she asserted, flexing her bicep and immediately making Zeke insecure. Now, Mr. The Bacon Guru, could you explain why you threw that bacon at my face? Well, it's just a hunch, you see, but this here potted plant has apparently been sucking people into its pot, and the only people it hasn't done that to are me and Zeke, and we both happen to be covered in bacon grease. Coincidence? 
You decide. I see. Wind Diesel nodded thoughtfully. She whipped out a large tattered encyclopedia and thumbed through it coolly, stopping on an earmarked page. Aha! Where did this potted plant come from? Was it from an old lady decrepit in every way to the point of almost being a husk? Bent and withered and cloaked in dingy hooded robes hiding her face and the shape of her body in such a way that you could scarcely identify her as a person? Yes. How'd you know? I've studied this beast before. What you've got is no ordinary evil-potted plant, not at all. What you've got here is the legendary potted plant of pure plantiness. Pure plantiness? Pure plantiness. A potted plant so undeniably planty that it's actually not even a potted plant at all, as much as it is the concept of being a potted plant filled with pure evil and jealousy for all of the plants that live in this world free of pots. You must have gotten water on it. Well, yes, but usually that's what you're supposed to do with plants anyway. Not the potted plant of pure plantiness. Anyways, it's too late now. There's only one way to defeat this beast before it slowly scoots its way across the entire continent, sucking everyone into its potted clutches. We have to go into the pot of our own free will and counter its pure plantiness with the most unplanty thing on earth. But like, Wind Diesel, bro, like, what even could that be? I believe the Bacon Guru has already figured that one out. The Bacon Guru nodded, holding up his plate of bacon. Bacon? Wind Diesel nodded. Bacon. The Bacon Guru nodded. Bacon? Wind Diesel nodded. Bacon. The Bacon Guru nodded. Bacon? Hey, bros, this is, like, cool and all that you figured it out. But, like, can we, like, get this over with or whatever? I still want to hitch the beach later. The Bacon Guru and Wind Diesel nodded again, this time in unison. Bacon, they both said. Then they turned to the potted plant. Wind Diesel pulled out a small pocket knife and flicked it open. This is going to be a trip. Wind Diesel grabbed the extremely unsubstantial and bordering on non-existent plant and tugged it with all her might in opposing directions, slowly stretching it out wider and wider. Help me out, guys. Zeke and the Bacon Guru grabbed edges of the widening plant and stretched with Wind Diesel until it had taken the shape of a large green hole, big enough to fit all three of them. Wind Diesel began unraveling a long black rope. Now, before any of us go in there, we need to... Cannonball! Zeke jumped into the plant hole. Okay, well, Bacon Guru, we need to... Don't worry, Zeke, I'm coming, buddy! The Bacon Guru leapt in after Zeke, holding a plate of bacon close to his heart. Wind Diesel sighed. They never listen. The old lady decrepit in every way to the point of almost being a husk, 
bent and withered and cloaked in dingy hooded robes, hiding her face in the shape of her body in such a way that one could scarcely identify her as a person, appeared suddenly behind Wynne Diesel. I know, right? Theory? Then she disappeared. Zeke splashed into a large pool of sticky white glucose. The bacon guru, fortunately for himself, landed on some leafy greenery right next to that large pool of sticky glucose. When Diesel did not land as much as slowly slide down her rope to gently set herself beside the bacon guru, she looked at Zeke and sighed again. Are you stuck? Oh no, but like, this stuff tastes delicious. Wen Diesel whipped out a grappling hook and twirled it. Catch this! Wen Diesel tossed the grappling hook toward Zeke, hitting him square in the forehead and knocking him out. Oops. Well, he hasn't been much help anyway. Come on, Bacon Guru, let's do this thing. Wait a second, is it safe to leave him here? Bacon Guru, we don't have much time. Either we try and stop this potted plant now, or soon it won't be safe for anyone. Anywhere. I see. The Bacon Guru and Wind Diesel headed into a thorny cavern. Wind Diesel blazed a passage through the thick vines, eventually opening them up to a large, dark room. It looked like the inside of a giant, dark, purple Venus fly trap. Who dares disturb me? Boomed a powerful voice coming from below the ground they stood on, shaking the entire potted plant. Planty growths that comprised the floor of the gigantic interior of the potted plant shrunk, giving way to a large hole. The potted plant shook again as similar planty growths escalated an imposing figure out of that hole to loom over Wen Diesel and the Bacon Guru. It was a large, green, muscular, human-shaped thing with a large ceramic pot overturned over where a head would have been. I am Pothead. What is the meaning of this infernal racket? We're here to stop you from sucking everyone up into this potted plant and to set everyone you've already imprisoned free, proclaimed Wen Diesel. The planty growths wrapped her up in vines and suspended her upside down, only a breath away from the huge ceramic pothead of pothead. <laughs> we meet again, Wen Diesel. Sad to see that you haven't learned your lesson. The bacon guru paused. You know this guy? That old lady keeps going to different planets and giving them these stupid potted plants and nobody ever listens to her and always gets them wet. Different planets? Oh, I'm an alien, Wen Diesel replied, ripping up her scalp for a second to reveal a huge third eye before placing it back down. I should have mentioned that earlier. Sorry. Pothead gave a hearty chuckle. So I guess you haven't told him what's going to happen next, have you? What? 
What's going to happen? Your planet is doomed. I am going to suck everyone up into this potted plant. And you'll never be able to stop me. Never? Never. The bacon guru suddenly remembered the plate of bacon he cradled in his arms. Say, pothead, you aren't hungry, are you? Hungry? <laughs> My hunger is insatiable. I devour entire worlds. I am unstoppable. The bacon guru presented his plate of bacon to Pothead. Bacon guru, what are you doing? When Diesel was in shock. The only thing I know how to. Pothead gave out a rowdy bellow of laughter. You think this is enough to satiate me? This pitiful plate of pork? <laughs> you won't know till you try it. It's very good. You're ridiculous. I might as well go ahead and have my planty growths suck you dry. Like a smoothie. <laughs> Are you saying you don't want to try it? Is it intimidating? Pothead paused. The great pothead is intimidated by nothing. Hand me that plate. The bacon guru handed Pothead the plate of bacon. He held it up to his ceramic head, and though no one saw a mouth, the bacon appeared to slowly disappear with bite marks while the sound of chewing echoed in the room. This, this, this is absolutely delicious. It's the greatest thing I've ever tasted. It's, it's perfect. The bacon guru beamed. But I'm still going to destroy you. Whoa, bro. Not so fast, you freaking dingleberry. Zeke trudged up, covered in glucose, and tossed a sticky can of beer at Pothead. It hit his Pothead and bounced off, landing on the leafy floor and rolling around. Well, that was stupid. It was at that moment that Pothead froze, realizing something was amiss. His planty growths were starting to pump with something other than pure plantiness. The power of bacon was slowly making its way through his system, and it showed. He started sweating bacon grease. What the... what have you done to me? No! Pothead glowed a bright bacony shade of red and exploded into pieces. When Diesel, who's choking under the tight grasp of the planty growths, suddenly relented, and sent her tumbling to the floor, smiled. I knew you could do it, bacon guru. Yeah, you didn't sound like that earlier, but like, whatever. And bro, good for you, I guess. I don't know, though. I still feel like throwing the beer at him was pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Zack emerged from a planty wall, also covered in glucose. Zack! Bro! Zeke! Bro! They hugged it out in a sticky embrace. That's not necessary, ma'am. All in a day's baconing. 
The bacon guru blinked. He was back at his bacon stand, staring into the hooded face of the old lady, decrepit in every way to the point of almost being a husk, bent and withered and cloaked in dingy hooded robes, hiding her face in the shape of her body in such a way that one could scarcely identify her as a person. Um, what just happened? Well, dearie, you tell me. I think I just had the weirdest, shortest, yet longest daydream I've ever had. That wasn't just a daydream, dearie. It all actually happened. But it also didn't happen at all. The bacon guru tried to think of how to react to this. Okay, then. What's important is what you learned from it. That's what I gave you in return for your delicious bacon. Now have a nice day, dearie. The bacon guru's mouth hung open as the old lady was suddenly not there. Later that day, Zeke and Zack and their whole crew came over and ordered $50 worth of bacon and recorded themselves punching it on the pavement. They did not remember the bacon guru, but they loved his bacon. That night, the bacon guru went to bacony sleep and had the calmest, sweetest rest he'd ever experienced. The next day, he took his life savings and bought the long-closed restaurant. He had always stood his bacon stand outside. It opened after a month to the biggest crowd the bacon guru had ever seen. And it was full of potheads. That concludes our adventure for today. Thank you for taking this journey through the crepuscular light adjacency. Remember, listen closely, and you just might not learn anything at all. Hey everybody, it's Luke again. I'm glad you made it out of the crepuscular light adjacency. That place is pretty intense. If you really enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to it with so that you don't miss any of the juicy new episodes. And if you really, really, really liked this podcast and you feel inclined to donate more than the time you already have to it, please consider going to anchor.fm slash crepuscular slash support once again that's anchor.fm slash crepuscular slash support if you're having trouble spelling crepuscular like i have it's c-r-e-p-u-s-c-u-l-a-r anchor.fm slash crepuscular slash support. Check it out. All right. Thank you for that. One more thing. I would also like to consider submitting some shorter episodes, maybe 10, 15 minutes, uh, just every couple of weeks or something like that, based on prompts from people listening to this. So if you have just been listening to the crepuscular light adjacency and just 
start feeling really adjacent and really crepuscular and you just want to get into it, send me a one to two sentence prompt and I'll see what I can get together. If, if you want to do that, send it to crepuscular light adjacency at gmail.com. I'll have that typed in the podcast description. And yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for still being here. I really appreciate it. Talk to you again next episode. Stay crepuscular. <laughs>